0: Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things
1: He does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that He does. I am your co-host,
2: Ben. You're not Ben. I'm Ben.
1: You're our co-host, Hunter. No, I am our host, Hunter.
2: Uh, no. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, sir. Remember I, I awarded myself that official title. Oh yeah. And we're no, here we're with, all co-hosts.
1: And we're here with our creative director slash co host, Dina Burnett. I get two titles. <laughs> it's because you're creative. <laughs> yeah. So guys, this is Sunday that we're recording this, and we just had Sunday. Master's
2: Voice uh at church. How did you like it? Oh, buddy, Master's Voice, they sing like angels. They're so good. They're bass singer. I'm sorry if any of you all are listening um, that's not the bass singer, but their bass singer, Jerry, is the bomb. He's my favorite bass singer of any band I've ever heard, any singing group, whatever I've ever heard. he
0: can actually sing.
2: He can sing all the way down to the low A on a piano, which is unheard of, for one thing. And he can actually, like, yeah, he can actually sing. It's awesome. Wait, are you two saying that most bass singers can't sing? Uh, Most of them can, but he can, like, man, he He is just... He can carry, like, the melody. He is just so good. I mean, it's awesome. If you
1: haven't listened to Master's Voice, go on Spotify or Amazon
2: Prime. and I don't know where else you find it, but I think you can find them op- on both of
1: Yep, and you can search Master's Voice, and they have playlists. And while you're on those two things, why don't you go and we'll search the Altered Podcast, and you can like you and definitely subscribe yes. on those as well.
2: We are on Apple, Spotify, Twitch. Not Twitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. Like,
0: when do we start playing video games? We, we don't have a Twitch. Um,
2: we are on Stitcher. We are on... Um, we will be on Google if Google ever decides to verify our domain. So, so
0: Google, if you're listening.
2: Please verify our domain.
1: They're not. Um, episode 7, Google everyone. Google everything.
0: We <laughs> have made it seven episodes, you all. Can you believe it? Episode That's like the, 7. Seven is the perfect number, so...
2: We're just going to stop here. It is the number <laughs> of completeness. We have completed our podcast. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> Goodbye. See, season, one, season one's over. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Episode seven is living that Christian life part whatever. And it <laughs> it's is part of a bunch at this point. Yeah.
2: Resisting temptation. Yes. So excited. Because that is, I, I think that's key, man. Like so many people in this day and age, and I, I love people. But there are so many people in this day and age that see temptation as their identity. When in all actuality, it's not your identity. It's a temptation that needs to be resisted. You know, people think that just because I feel this way, that's who I am. But that's not necessarily the case, especially when it comes to Jesus. Jesus actually calls us to be better and to be more than the things we are tempted to. And so that's why today we're talking about temptation.
1: Now, what about if it's your truth,
2: buddy? <clears throat> okay, I don't want to belittle anybody's, what, what people have gone through. Right, because I really feel like that's the origin. When that phrase started, it was it was people saying, "Look, this is my story." And just because you don't see it the way that I see it, this is this is the truth that I've been living. And I don't want to I don't want to minimize that, especially when it comes to things like racism, or when it comes to um, like we were watching, uh, and maybe we shouldn't admit this, but we watched where the crawdads sing. Like yesterday, we kind of went on a little mini date. Me and Dina did. And one of the things that, man, she goes through so heavily is she, she likes this guy and then he turns out to be kind of like this, um, he's, he's almost abusive and like, anyway, um, she goes through like some sexual abuse. And in there, she actually talks about the fact that he is, his family is like a big prominent family. And so it doesn't matter that he's hitting her and it doesn't matter that like, you know, whatever. If she talked about it, she's just this little swamp girl from nowhere and everybody sees her as an outsider. His family is really prominent. And so I don't want to belittle that, right? That's that's not what I'm saying. However, there are things that people talk about or they talk about their truth. And really, it's, it's, it may be something that they go through. But just because you go through a temptation to sin doesn't mean you have to do that sin. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Jesus really, you know, he talks about that. The Bible talks about that. Um, you know, the Bible tells us over and over and over again to resist temptation in various different ways. Um, 1 Peter 1, 14-16 talks about, it says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions, now listen to this, of your former ignorance. Now, just because you're ignorant of something doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's saying, before you knew about God, you don't have to be conformed to the same passions that you had when you were not a Christian. So as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So the Bible commands us to be holy as God is holy. Now, is that possible? I don't know. but To it, be 100% holy as God is holy? I don't know. Um, some people would argue yes, some people would argue no. That's a podcast for a different time. Yeah. But the Bible commands me to do it. Therefore, that's something to aspire to, right? Yeah. Like Regardless. That's
0: our goal to be working toward. All the time. Yeah.
2: We talked about gold standards in the Bible study podcast. That's the gold standard is to be holy like God is holy. Now, apart from Christ, there's absolutely no way we could ever do so. But with the blood of Jesus, we are commanded to do it, and so that's what we're shooting for. Now, what does that mean for me as a person who has a temptation? Am I the one who just has to you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps and just do my best with it? Do I need to just grit my teeth and bear it? How does that work? And we're going to talk some about that today, right? Um, before we get into that, my big question, because of the culture we live in, is why resist temptation at all? Now, number one, we talked about because we're commanded to do so. But if that's my only reason, well, it's, I mean, that's not a bad reason. It's not, I mean, if, if Jesus commands it, <laughs> like, that's really, that's a really good reason. Like, that's the only reason I need. Yeah, there are other reasons, too. So, not only do I, should I resist temptation because I'm commanded to do so.
1: But it's all, it's like a parent saying, why can I go to, the, like, you ask your parent, can I go to the movies? And they say no. And you're like, why? And I say, because I said so. Mm-hmm. That's a good enough reason for them. But mm-hmm. us as the children want to know a little bit more.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it should be a good enough reason for us in some ways. But at the same time, there are some other reasons. Yeah. And it, it makes that truth so much more beautiful. So... Not only are we commanded to do so and but here's the here's the one that really kind of gets me it sticks out to me the most we should we should treasure Christ more than our sin
0: yeah in hebrew hebrews eleven twenty four through twenty six by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward.
2: Yeah, what it's saying there is, Moses knew that if he chose to be um, counted with the Israelites, which is what he was, he knew that he was going to be either enslaved um, because they were literally under slavery at that point in Egypt, or he was going to be persecuted. You know, he could he was going to potentially be killed because he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. But for him to say, "You know what? I'm renouncing all that and I'm becoming a Jew." It meant, especially like if you look at the story, you know it, he became a murderer because he was taking up for a Jewish person who was um, being um, whipped and all this stuff because of of you know being whatever, right? Um, it meant that he had to stand up for the Jewish people. It meant he had to go before Pharaoh who he was raised with. It meant that he had to turn away from this life of comfort. And turned to a life of sacrifice. And so it says that, that he did that. But why? Because he considered the reproach of Christ. Now that's something right there. Jesus said that, that um, you know that all who are counted with Christ would be persecuted, right? He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. What reward? The salvation that would come by God. I mean, what what other reasons can you think of to resist temptation?
1: Uh, because we realize that our sin will kill us eventually. Mm. Why do you say that? <clears throat> well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Proverbs 14:12 says, "There is a way that seems right to a man, but its but its end is the way to death."
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, gotta love a good proverb, right? And I feel like that really just hits the nail on the head for our culture. You know, there's a way that seems right to us, and man, we get on Facebook and we defend that way to the 99. the last letter, <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, just because it seems right to us doesn't mean that it always is. As a matter of fact, Proverbs says, it leads to death.
1: Well, and, and we got to remember when it comes to your truth, my truth, the whatever truth, mm-hmm. there is one truth. And it's the Bible. That's true. Um, There is one right way, and that's what Scripture lays out, Mm -hmm. um, as we talked about in episode like whatever Um, when Bible study. This is the Word of God. There is no error. There is no uh, swaying one way or the other. These this book doesn't get edited and rechanged and um, redacted. It just doesn't happen. Right. Um, So you have to remember the ways that, that life goes from now until Jesus returns is going to be followed by the pages in that book.
0: So and I think also we know there is something better that was prepared for us by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans six twenty through twenty Romans <laughs> Hunter's favorite Shout book. out to Romans <laughs> uh six twenty through twenty three. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? is for the end <laughs> sorry for the end of those things is death but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our lord
1: mm. well and i think here the biggest way to resist temptation mm. first off is to be saved mm. uh, oh Good job, buddy. Thanks, man. I have a good idea every now and then. I'm just not all good looks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I've broke, Ben. Uh, so to resist temptation, you have to first off be set apart from the world yep. and sanctified, and that starts at salvation. Yeah,
0: that gives us our why.
1: Right. Yeah. And and again, the reason these podcasts are in the way that I I line them out so far, and then we have more that people threw in after this but I've lined it all the way up to this point for this reason mm. that salvation come first what else helps resist temptation prayer prayer mm. is a big way to help resist temptation if you're struggling you pray it out well, then what uh, convictions also come through bible study mm. and you realize the word of god and you, that that penetrates the heart mm. And then what also helps you risk temptation is having a group around you in the local church. Mm -hmm. And all those things, everything that we've talked about so far and living that Christian life has been brought together to spearhead this topic, Hmm. how to resist temptation.
2: You're so tricky, buddy. I know. I didn't even tell you that. You didn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I know.
1: The truth is coming out. So it all attacks temptation because why? Temptation is what causes people to fall away. It causes people to leave the church. It causes people to do this and that, and whatnot. So, you have to really dive into that, and you got to get nip it in the butt quick. It will separate the goats
2: and the sheep.s Yeah. Ooh, do you think the goats and the
0: sheep that we are always under some sort of temptation?
2: Yes, I do too. Um, <clears throat> one that I didn't put in our kind of pre plan, but I think is super duper important. Uh, it comes out of Genesis chapter 4. And in Genesis chapter 4, um, you just had the fall of man. Now now you're talking about um, Adam and Eve who have these two sons. It's Cain and Abel. And in Genesis chapter 4, you have you have Cain and Abel who bring a, a sacrifice to the Lord, right? They bring this offering. And in that offering, um, one is accepted, the other is rejected. And it makes Cain really mad, Um and so it's, it's so interesting to me in this book, because in verse 5, for instance, it says, But for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, so God comes to Cain like he came to Adam and Eve in the garden. And he sits down and has a conversation with him. And he says, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it.
1: Hmm.
2: Now, number one, can we do that without Jesus? Romans tells us we can't. Number two, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Now, you know, this was this was pre-covenant that we're in, right? You can't earn your salvation. Romans also tells us that. But it is interesting, at least, that God tells Cain that that sin crouches at the door. So I would say, yeah, I'd say we're always probably under temptation, number one. And then number two, it's desire it's desire is contrary to you. It means it's opposed to you. You actually don't belong to the temptation. The temptation is trying to get you, but it's still contrary to you, and so you must rule over it. You must resist it. You must um, fight to keep it away.
1: And I think when people's like, well, what is the big deal about temptation? No, no the pun intended deal. on the big deal, um, but when it comes to like, hey, what is why is temptation so significant? Why should we want to suppress those things? Well, look what it did in Genesis chapter two, three. <laughs> and, and yeah. Well, we see it yeah, and it yeah. Fun was I in funnels chapter the,
0: three, like first page of the Bible. Well,
2: so Genesis chapter three is the fall of man, right? Yeah. And then Genesis chapter four is right after that, right. and then Cain kills Abel because he's mad, tempted. Right. So and
1: all these, so you see, all this happen just because of temptation, right? Mm-hmm. Women can't decide where to eat because they have <laughs> because of temptation. Yeah, because of temptation. Wait, and that no, we,
0: I think that's just indecisiveness.
1: <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> At the point when I was, and what we we're saying that the, the, all these episodes so far have spearheaded one topic. It really hones into the next point that you have down here. Mm. Let other people help and correct you. So we just got done talking about the local church. And we got talking about how to find a local church. And that small groups are important. And whole groups are important. And getting your kids in the church is important. Mm -hmm. Well, why? Because what Ephesians 4 says. Ben or Dina, let's let the librarian read that, really.
0: (laughs) Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another.
1: So here we again, we see people together yeah do not forsake the gathering why because it does a lot of things and you can listen to the last episode and really get that whole uh, gathering thing but it keeps us on track on what kind of track what keeps us on our bible reading track Mm -hmm. keeps us on our prayer track it keeps us on um, keeping christ at the center of our life track yeah and this doing all these things will keep temptation down and then when you're honest with your community, which we're not mm. very honest with our community anymore, we should be, and you say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with cigarettes i'm st- struggling with anything any kind of temptation that you're dealing with those prophecies somebody's dealing with cigarettes listening to this podcast <laughs> uh they can keep they can be your accountability partner as we talked about um I can't remember you." No, that was you in church. You said something about accountability. Yeah. But here we, we can make the same point that accountability in anything when it comes to money management, weight loss, uh, anything, going to work, parenting.
0: Gossip. 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 Uh, <laughs> so if someone's coming to you telling you about a temptation that they're having, please like, don't go spreading it about and being like, oh, my gosh, did you know that Ben has this temptation? I knew it. Let's pray for him. (laughs) You know, like that's not what that's all about.
2: (laughs) Yes, and please don't veil your gossip with, we need to pray for them because...
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes, and really do do not shame them for what they're going through, what they're being tempted with. Shaming them, and that's just going to make them face this alone. And this is why a lot of people have wanted to
2: try to ditch the local church today. Yep, it's a high honor that someone would ever come to you and confess something. Right. If you don't see that, as um as, as as important as it is you need to check your heart yeah. if somebody is going to come to you and confess they are trusting you to help them they believe that you can help them they believe that you're trustworthy enough to keep their secret you should do so and if not there's a problem
1: right
0: well and if someone's in a situation where they could be harmed or someone else could be harmed then you would need to to talk to somebody a professional.
2: And that, and that's true. And and that's not what we're talking about. If, yeah. yeah, if somebody's going to be harmed, I
0: just thought I would throw that in there yeah, just I'm, in case somebody was do. like, "Well, I don't know, like, yeah, yeah if someone's if someone's going to get harmed, talk to a professional. Yeah. Somebody. You'll know who.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, talk to your pastor they can point you in the right direction.
1: Ben, what's funneling to the next point when do you well, get there? Well,
2: so yeah, so actually we kind of switched oh okay. um from uh, talking about why resist temptation at all, now we're really in the meat of how do we resist. And so Hunter's absolutely right. First point there um, is to to let other people help and correct you. Um, if you are following along with us, by the way, you can follow along in Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. We're going to be there for a while. Um, Ephesians 4 and 5 really kind of give a whole bunch of good points about how to resist temptation in the first place. And so um, Hunter said it first, so I won't go back to it. But uh, the first thing that you have to do if you want to resist temptation is to be saved. Um, Ephesians 4 would put it as this way. It says to put off your old self. Um, And, you know, the Ephesians 4, 17 says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Uh, In the futility of their minds, they're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, That is not the way you learned in Christ. Assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So be saved. That's number one, right? Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Mm. Now, Ephesians 4.26, we'll skip 25. Because that tells us, therefore, having put away all falsehood, like we read, um, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Now, 426 kind of gives us the next point of that. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So what does that tell us? How do we resist temptation? Stop getting mad at people. Forgive and forget. Hmm.
1: Um, well, that's just, I think that's one of the biggest temptations is me keeping my angry thoughts within. Hmm. If you, if you wrong me. I Mm -hmm. always keep that in the back of my mind. Yeah. And I I I said this in episode one, I think, and I'll say it again, because of him who has forgiven me of much, I can forgive you of a little. And no matter what you do to me, it will never be greater than the sin I committed against God. That's true. That's true.
0: I think what's also interesting, too, is, like, I think it also lets us know that we can still have emotions, but not to react in a way that causes us to sin. Like, it's okay that, like, we feel that way, but make good decisions.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and so often I think the anger leads us to sin against people in other ways. Like you said, gossip. Half the time I think people gossip because they're secretly mad at somebody and they just want to bring them down to their level. Um, and so to put away anger could fix so many issues in our lives. Even if we're not necessarily mad at somebody, we're just mad at something in general. To put away that the anger and the bitterness that just lives in your heart really could fix so much in our lives if we just let it happen.
1: Misery loves company.
2: Yes. Yep. So let's go on to Ephesians 4.28. It says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all kind of malice. Be kind to, the, to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. What is Ephesians telling us there? Replace your bad deeds with good ones. For instance, again, it says, let the one who steals make his hands do good work.
1: So you're saying the universe and karma doesn't tell me to do that. The Bible actually tells me to do that. The Bible
2: actually tells me to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So karma says that you get what you deserve. Jesus is 100% the opposite of that. Thank God for grace (laughs) so I don't get what I deserve because I deserve death for the sins that I've committed. Grace completely puts that away. Very good. There's no such thing as karma in the Christian, or shouldn't be anyway. Nice. Now, what's next? How else can we resist the temptations?
0: Well, I think if we need to imitate God, um, you know, little kids, they imitate their parents all the time. Like, we see Lily all the time Hmm. imitating Hunter, which may or may not be a good or bad thing. You know what's funny? I don't know if that's a great example. Hunter's
2: always like, You better do this or I'm going to, like, break your legs. (laughs) I have never once seen her, like, look at the cat and be like, Kitty, stop it or I'm going to break your legs. I know. But it's coming. I was telling him, I was
0: like, her first year of kindergarten is going to be very interesting, which turns and looks at a kid and be like, listen.
1: You know, it's been effective parenting so far. You better share that toy or I'm going to break your legs. And in 20 years, whenever she gets married, I'm going to play this episode back.
2: Now, <laughs> just
0: so you all know, CPS, this is, the child is not in danger. No, like. no. They're all <laughs> figures
2: of speech. Yeah, yeah. Hunter's it's, joked It's with me, all they. in
0: love, oh, yeah. like.
2: Hunter's never broken my legs, but he's joked about it many like, times.
0: Like
1: if Ben coughs one more time in this podcast, I'm going to break his leg. <laughs> <head. laughs> but anyway, back
0: to what we were talking about. Yeah. You know, little kids, they imitate their parents all the time. And that's, you know, Jesus was the perfect example of someone who we should be Im- intim- not intimidating, <laughs> imitating. <laughs> I knew I would say that at some point when we were talking about this. Hmm. Um, so if we look at Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Mm. That's so good. So we should smell good.
2: Well we should (laughs) smell like God and he smells good. And this is where Dina
1: Dina will try to sell her essential
2: oils. (laughs) I do like essential oils.
0: (laughs) Not all of them smell good though.
2: That's true. Vetiver is not the greatest smelling stuff in the world. (laughs)
1: Okay, (laughs) let's bring it back in. Oh, yeah, right, Uh, right. But, yeah, imitate God. Um, So, again, that comes back to that be holy as I am holy, be perfect as I am perfect. Yeah. Um, Christ and God, you know, they want you sanctified. Mm -hmm. And see, I've always said the sanctification is a process. It's yes, you are sanctified, and it's and to come. Yes, and to come. You are glorified and to come. Like, yes, and to come. Um, you have been saved, yes, and to come mm-hmm. because you'll be saved from the wrath. Mm-hmm. So, I've always said that, and sanctification, uh, being set apart, becoming like Christ. That that whole movement is a yes. I am. San- I am sanctified. Jesus set me apart. Glory be to God. But it's and to come. It's a working progress. And then when I get to heaven, I meet Him face to face. I'll be completely sanctified. Yep.
0: And like, if we think about it too, like, um. They say, you know, if we live and act like Christ, they'll know us by our actions. Yeah,
2: that's real Um, good.
0: But, and what I wanted to kind of point out too, if we think about a fragrant offering, back to the fragrance thing, we don't have to, if you know that there's a, like, if I smell something sweet like a flower, I don't have to see that there's a flower there. I can know Mm. because I smell it.
2: You know what that fragrant offering is actually referencing? I
0: know what it is. What? What? Okay, go ahead. Uh,
2: I was just gonna make a bacon joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not talking about bacon. I'm sorry. It is talking though about about cooking meat. Is what it is.
0: I know, but I still.
2: Yeah, and I, I love. I she mean, she likes the flowers better. She does. I, I I like the smell of bacon. What can I say? So. If you walk in somebody's house though, and they've been cooking bacon, just to for me to complete my thoughts so I can close that box. Um, you know that somebody's been cooking bacon, right? And it smells delicious. And, and it usually
0: smells outside of the house, too. Yeah, and
2: you're like, oh, I want some bacon. I don't
0: know that it's sweet, though. It's not
2: sweet, but I mean, it is a, it's a, well, that word sweet is actually a pleasant fragrance. I know. I'm it doesn't have to be like sweet, like candy or whatever. I know.
1: What if I have a temptation for
2: bacon? <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then you know not to go into that house. <laughs> By the smell. By the smell. That's
2: right. Got it. All yeah, right,
1: that's right. So we're, we're closing it down here. We're getting
2: it. Yep. Don't, don't eat the bacon. Um. Oh, so that kind of that's a good segue into our next point. Don't partner with unbelievers. Now, <clears throat> Ephesians, right? So far we've been on this this kick, right? We've been talking about all these ways that we can avoid temptation. And though this next part is very much that, it starts to get a little more, um, a little more intricate. So let's kind of let's break this next part down just a little bit more. So Ephesians 5, 6 through 8 kind of says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. Now the part right before that. And this is why I say it kind of starts getting kind of, you just have to be careful here. The, The part right before that says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let no one deceive you. So this is the next part. With empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. In other words, it's saying do not partner with unbelievers, but people would say, well, what do you mean? Well, a lot of people have this tendency to missionary date. We talk about that sometimes. Um, they they start to date an unbeliever because they think they'll be able to help them come to the Lord and all that stuff.
1: It has happened. It has. But it's not wise.
2: But it's not wise because nine times out of ten, what we see is we see the worldly person draw them into the things of the world. We We see... So often, Christians who date non-Christians are drawn into premarital sex and all this stuff when it could have easily been avoided if they had dated people who were Christian.
1: Well, I think that goes out into your your close inner circle friend group as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You spend time with, and I'm not saying this people is like, well, Jesus spent time with these people and that people. And I get that. And I'm not saying don't spend time with unbelievers. Obviously, then who would you share the gospel to? Right. But... I'm talking about your close group of friends who, I mean, you're having over on a regular basis. The conversations you have every day with, like uh, the group around this table right now, is is a good close group of believing friends. Um, but if you have, if you're the only believer in the group of very close friends, that can be dangerous as well because then you can start getting into alcohol and, you know, even drugs and things like that. They can try to pull pull you back into the world. And if you don't think the devil would use that you are sadly mistaken. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If, if you are going to evangelize a group of people um, who are all non-Christians and you're, you know, you're going to do it by hanging out with them and stuff like that. You need to really have somebody who's praying for you. You need to be very careful. Well, you,
1: you did that with a group of guys mm-hmm. while playing pool. Why don't you share that for a second?
2: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I prayed and I asked the Lord once, you know, I wanted to reach out to a group of, of, of people who weren't believers and, and try to help them come to faith. And so I felt the Lord kind of pull me to go to this place um on campus and so I, I started hanging out with them you know we were playing pool we were doing the stuff and the things and i didn't just hang out with them because they were non-christian or whatever i really felt like you know the lord was drawing me and so i struck up a friendship um but you know is it hard sometimes to not fall into the habits of making the dirty jokes and cussing and stuff like that it is um you know luckily i had dina praying for me i was praying for you know myself often you know lord help me to you know to be a good light a good example and some stuff like that um and you know we haven't seen any great fruit from that but I'm still praying for all those guys that hey they get saved and come to the lord and and you know all the things um man those those guys are so much fun there are there are so many natural leaders in that group um I so desire for them to be saved.
1: Now I'm going to ask you a real personal question. Yeah. Did you feel any sense of temptations in while doing that? Oh all the time. See? All the time. But you have to be doing everything that we've led up to this episode with to guard yourself from certain types of temptations,
2: and you really, really need people praying for you. Yes. Really, it is so hard. Otherwise,
1: it's really difficult to fight any sense of temptation without the the prayer life, your yep. personal prayer life, and with the prayer life of a group of people around you. Yep. Without reading your Bible, without uh, without uh, the local church, it is it is so tough. That is why it's so important that you hone in on the things that we talked about prior to this, before you start trying to pick up your sword and start swinging it when you don't know what you are doing. You need help, yep. And there is and listening to a podcast or watching church from home and stuff is not going to get you the help that you need. You need to find actual people who can actually help you in your time of need.
2: Yep. Now, question, just for the panel, and I don't have an answer for this one way or another, but. Do you think that you should be in business? Your business partner should be someone who is not saved.
1: That is a, that's tough. That's a, Yeah. <laughs> um, I I can, <clears throat> I mean, the only business I'm in for myself is this podcast. So I hope <laughs> the two people sitting <laughs> around me. Uh, so no, but I think that it would be unwise to start a business with. Um, someone who is not um, saved or has some relationship with Christ because there's multiple things we can get into. But do they hold the same convictions as you? Are they going to do people right like you would? Are they going to walk good. by the light that you're going to walk by? Mm. And do you want your name and reputation to be thrown through the mud if they do something dirty? That's good.
0: I don't know that I would... in. Necessarily enjoy it if we don't have the same goals, mindset, values, like Hunter said. You know, like, are they going to treat everybody like I'm going to treat them? Because if they're not, like, that's a problem, you know? Like, who do you go and, like, you can't go to a boss because you are the boss, like, you and that other person. It would be like um, two people who are married ish, but, you know, one's saved and one's not. Like, what do you do? And it's going to just clash. Yeah, I have
2: heard horror stories of people who go into business and, you know, one person's a strong believer and the other's not for reasons that, you know, you all both have just talked about.
0: Well,
1: and can I trust that they're going to do me right? And I mean, That's true. again, even if I'm good friends with them, we hear like you said horror stories and um are they do I can I know that hey, man, they're they're convicted by the holy spirit the same as I am? Well, no, obviously no. they're not, or they would be saved. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um but I think that this passage yes is talking about uh, marital spouses and the people who you're partnering with, but I think you can take it to so many more levels. Your friend groups, your your their business partners, things like that. I think it's always unwise to be closely linked to the unbeliever in those kind of senses. Again, hang out with these people yeah. in the sense of I'm like i like Ben did with those group of guys. Yeah. Um, eat lunch with these people. Take them out to coffee uh, and talk to them about Jesus. And let that be the forefront of your conversation. Yeah. Because there the temptation will not try to come about because they will not be so trying to get you to come in on the worldly things as you're preaching Jesus to them. They actually might be trying to run away from you, but (laughs) I've had that happen.
2: Yeah. Well, and I've, and I've seen, I've heard both Dina and Hunter talk about, you know, when they're at work, they, you know, they, they influence um, people who don't believe towards faith. Um, And that is so important. And I don't think that you can never work with an unbeliever um, I don't think you. You know, I definitely think you should, like you said, be friends with unbelievers. I just think you have to be careful on who you attach yourself to, and that's the key. And that's
1: why the phrasing I said was close. Your close inner circle. Yeah, I have outer circle of friends who are yeah. unbelievers. I talk to you on a regular basis. Yeah, but I have an inner circle of friends who I get recharged yeah. in the faith, and I think that's really important because if you're trying to do it alone, you get burnt out. Yeah, and then I give in to temptation. Yep. Um, you know, you work where I work. Cussing became become a habit, mm-hmm. and I've fallen into those habits. Mm-hmm. And so you come back into your inner group circle of friends, yeah. who don't have uh, th- th- don't have those characteristics, and you see those characteristics starting to shed off of you like a little snakeskin. Yeah, and that is where the inner circle of friends mm-hmm. really help you out. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: So I think it's interesting that our next part is be wise. Right. Uh, ephesians five fifteen through twenty one look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish but understand the will of the Lord is
2: yeah yeah be wise we have to be careful in how we do the things that we do um, we have to be careful in just some of our choices because the the more we choose things that are unwise the more likely we are to make more unwise choices. So, well, there you go. So Ephesians five eighteen, um, this one is a big thing for me. And you know, people talk about legalism all the time, and I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I do think that this next verse can be important. And so I threw this in there because it's in the text. Ephesians five eighteen says, "Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit." Now. The last verses just talked about being wise. Don't be foolish, but be wise. And then this one says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And so how do you resist temptation? I think one of the ways is the more you can abstain from alcohol, I think it's better. Now, that's a podcast all in and of itself. Um, we can talk about the, the, you know, why you should or should not drink wine as Assemblies of God pastors. The Assemblies asked us to be um you know, teetotalers and not drink at all. And so, you know, we choose to do so for those reasons. But, you know, for me, a personal conviction of mine is, you know, I I see alcohol as spiritually neutral at best. And so I think that because it's in this passage, I think it is wise. Um, And, you know, the Bible does say, don't, don't get drunk that, you know, that is sin. Um, But people, you know, often talk about, well, it's okay to have a drink or two every once in a while. Well, maybe, maybe not. But, I would argue that, you know, to be filled with wine definitely, um, in this passage could lead you down the wrong path. And so it's in there, so we brought it up. Do not get drunk with wine. Do not yeah, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit instead.
1: Well, I think it's very important to, just to say anyway, assemblies of God pastors are not getting drunk is wrong anyway. It is, period. Um, yeah. the Bible makes that very clear. Yeah.
2: But I would I would argue that I, I think the if if not to be legalistic, but I think the gold standard for for Christians would be teetotaling. For me, just personally, that's just me.
1: Yeah. Again, like you said, that is a long <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: that could even be a two parter. That could be a two
2: parter, just for on an, yeah in an another itself.
1: day, because there are so many levels of that that discussion that we can go down to. Yeah. Um. Anything? Anybody got? Anybody else have anything else to say on that point?
2: No. Okay. So let's finish. Yeah, let's finish it out with the what I think is the culmination of the whole thing. Okay. What is that? So Ephesians 5, 19 and following. Um, so remember, it is, it is one whole passage. So let me go back just a little bit, and so that way you get the context. It says, um, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And, oh, you know what? I didn't paste all the stuff. So let me pull up Ephesians 5 real quick, just so that that way we can actually do justice to the passage because I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) There's a problem there. Yeah, it says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another. There it is. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is... The culmination, how do you you resist temptation, I think, the most? You worship God.
0: Kind of makes me think of those old WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Like, what I'm doing, is it honoring God? Yeah. And if there's a question, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. Well, uh,
1: as for some seasoned believers, we had a worship service today Mm -hmm. in church. Tell, Tell me how that Helps you resist temptation, mm-hmm. worshiping with the group of believers.
2: Yeah, um, well, for me, for one thing, it builds up my spirit. It helps me to see that there is um, there is victory in Christ over all kinds of things. Um, when we sing with believers, and just it, today we talked about having a good time with the Lord, right? Um, we just had a good time in church, and I mean we got we got the word in there too. But just to have a good time in the Lord with other believers. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I feel more encouraged, which is, in and of itself, an easy way to stay away from temptation because I feel more encouraged.
1: And it, again, draws me in to people that's like-minded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it points me to the one true God. Mm. That's what worshiping in the whole group does Yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. It sets me on track. sets me on pace. Yep. And then I get to really... Uh, honor God and, and the things that he does. Yeah.
0: Well, and Ricky Cobb, that was his name, right? It's Ricky something. He's the sure. he's yeah. the head of Masters. Voice. Yeah. Anyway, so he brought the message today, and he was talking about how, um, you know, in the end, believers will go to heaven, you know, and if we don't have that to look forward to, what do we have to look forward to, period?
2: Yeah. The hope of the believer is to spend eternity with Jesus.
1: mm That's really good. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now we will dive in to the rest, and Jesus will uh, we will talk about Jesus and how he faced temptation on in his earthly walk on earth. In part two of this beautiful conversation, yeah,
2: we're going to let you get out early today.
1: I know, and it's because we had church today and we're all tired. (laughs) Um,
0: We need that spiritual nap after church. Yeah,
2: inspired by the Lord. So
1: Ben, do you know what time it is?
2: hunter's random
0: questions oh buddy
2: so you scare me with your random questions yes Still well this
1: day. one is not going to be like the last one <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so um yeah we're not going to talk about the seven day creation okay i want to talk about nothing something.
2: that that is a podcast in and of itself yeah because that last one's rough <laughs> and not we only got that done but and
0: i was like we could talk about this forever <laughs> yeah
2: and then too like you know i said something and then you're like well let me tell you what john MacArthur says because you're wrong and i'm like <laughs> Now I feel sad.
1: Well, I just got to, I I have no filter, so I'm very blunt sometimes.
0: Is that a temptation you need to work on? Oh.
1: Speaking truth is never a temptation <laughs> you need to work on. <laughs> um, no, the question today. Oh, the question today. Yes. If you had the opportunity mm-hmm. to listen to any pastor mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. who would it be? Ooh, I know. Jesus, oh,
2: and
0: that's not just the simple like Sunday school butt. answer. Jesus,
2: I mean, Jesus no, is but I mean, right like, answer.
0: he's the ultimate pastor, and to be able to listen to God would be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't just don't
1: know how you answer any other way. Now. And
0: <laughs> the dude also usually has food.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, you killed Ben! <laughs> You, you done, done it. You <laughs> killed him. <laughs> you broke him. You did. Okay, Ben. Maybe we'll get an answer out of you. Well, my my secular answer. Um,
0: secular. <laughs> We're talking about well, pastors. Your, I'm a pastor. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> Still trying not to cough my head off. Um, okay, there is a pastor that I really like to listen to. Um, his name is Brett Metter. He pastors Athey Creek. It's A T H E Y. Um, Athey Creek. <clears throat> You're going to have to break my legs.
1: (coughs) (laughs) I'm not editing this out either. (laughs) I'm glad.
2: It is It is Athey Creek. I think it's Christian Fellowship or something like that. It's based out of Oregon. Most people will go, oh my gosh, Oregon. Um, But man, they are so good. Um, One of the things that he does that is really, it shouldn't be astounding to me, but it is, is they literally preach verse by verse through scripture. And I'm not talking like they pick a passage into it. I'm talking they start in Genesis 1 and they go all the way to Revelation and then they start over. <clears throat> so they've been in the Old Testament for like ever now, like 2 years, 3 years, whatever. But you know, like when he finishes on Sunday at Genesis 11:12, the next week is going to be Genesis 11:13. Um now he does like Wednesdays and stuff, whatever. Um but man, he's super good. Now, um and I think I actually talked about them on the last podcast. Um, do I agree with literally everything he says? I don't know yet. Um, maybe not. <clears throat> maybe not. But at the same time, like, 99% of everything he talks about is so good. Now, he preaches out of the King James Version, which is not a problem. But it is different for me because I like the ESV so much, you know. Um, but at the same time, I grew up on the King James. So I have no problem with the King James. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's really good. And, like, if you if you watch the thing online that he does, he shows you, like, um, this is a picture when I was in Israel, and they go like every year. So he's like, "This is a picture of Galilee and all this stuff," and uh, it's just it's good. You get so a lot of historical context, you get a lot of prophecy, you get a lot of cool stuff.
0: So you could have picked any pastor in history, and you picked one that you could actually go see today.
2: I I thought, um, yeah, yeah, he did. Was <laughs> it was it in history though, or was
1: it I just said any pastor
2: ever? But you know, that's fine. The, I thought you were talking about modern. <laughs> no, no, people. I mean, that's fine. I was Been, like.
0: We could just get on an airplane and go see him.
2: Well, okay. Well, if you want to talk about any pastor in history, you can get on
0: YouTube. You've already
1: answered the question.
0: Yep. Oh, okay, <laughs> you failed. What about Peter? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Peter is one of my favorite. He's like my favorite apostle. I will say oh, that. That's good because he's the apostle with the well, foot shaped mouth.
1: If I if I was <laughs> If I was going to have to say anybody I can listen to now.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. I thought the um, question was really talking about. Whatever, man. Well,
0: why would I said Jesus? Well, I, I mean, I guess you can still hear him now. Yeah. You can
2: read the Bible and listen to me. I him. know, but
0: um, I mean, hes I guess he could pop in this room and be like. He could. Oh, no.
2: I might I just crap in my pants. Room. But
0: <laughs> 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 We've fallen apart at the end. <laughs> All right. So <laughs>
1: if if I could pick anyone nowadays, it would be. Well, he's not even alive. Um <laughs> 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 I don't know. You I can like, pick I like,
0: anybody in in history. Hunter, well, I think
1: if I was going to be nowadays, Matt Chandler's great. No, he's pretty. Good. I, I, he I like Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good. So I'd I'll, I'll have to go with Tim Keller probably. Though, um, there's just so much on his communication. I want to. I, I think I could just learn from <clears throat> anybody in history. Yeah, it would be the Apostle Paul. I have a lot of predestination questions I need to ask the guy. Uh, so,
2: <laughs> but the Apostle Paul would be a good one though. I us. mean, he was in. He got to go to the third heaven. I would love to talk to John and be like, Revelation? Seriously? All right. That'd be a cool. So,
1: everybody, this is episode seven. Seven. It's episode seven. And you know what? Yeah, it's just episode seven. And thank you guys so much for doing this with me. Thank you so much for uh, everyone who's listened. Seven episodes in. Yeah. If you've made it this far, we deserve to send you Christmas cards. I know. Um, we applaud you. On our Facebook page, like it. Mm-hmm. Love it, mm-hmm. and keep an eye out. P- put on there, you know. Hey, here's how I think you can battle temptation. Um, mm-hmm. here's a great book from so and so. Posted all, all that on there. Any any kind of tips you can give anybody is a great one to give. Yep. Um, if you're listening to us on whatever platform you're listening to, please make sure you. Uh, there's some of them have notification bells. Some of them have a uh, subscribed. You can rate and link and like them all.
2: All kinds of stuff.
1: Yep. So just just do it so you can. Listen to us with us, because when we hit the 130th episode, it's going to be hard to to miss us. That's true. All right. Well, we're going to play our catchy outro. Ben, hit it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to connect with us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.